Good afternoon and welcome to the Power Up Show with Mia and Paul. Uh, Paul is still in the UK, hopefully freezing if we're really, really lucky. So I've got the gorgeous Tiz with me today, which is, I think it's quite apt considering the guest we have today. Tiz, how are you? I'm really well, feeling quite... um like a little piggy after Christmas, after, <laughs> after Easter. After yeah. Easter. <laughs> Look, I didn't eat all the Easter eggs. I mm. may have left about three or four for the rest of the world. Really? You should have put them in for me. <laughs> no, we've had, I've had a really good weekend, so I'm really excited to be here again. And thank you very much, Paul, for being away so I could be here. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Paul. We miss you, mm. but we're having more fun well, with yeah, 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 we do. We do miss him. <laughs> yes. We forgot that little yeah. part. Tiz, um, what we, on the agenda today, we're going to shake things up a little bit because we're quite fortunate in having not only yourself as a marketing strategist in the room today, but we've also got a branding specialist slash strategist with us today, which leaves us a very unique opportunity in terms of the questions and answers we normally get through our social media. Absolutely. We have uh, the amazing Alan Sherry from Sherry Design. Yes, Alan, and my check is made out to me. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, we're going to be talking about a lot of uh, great stuff today, which we'll start off with the importance of the importance of uh, branding for SMEs specifically. Uh, As we know, a lot of them get it right. Some of them don't. Mm. Uh, We will be going into the good, the bad and the ugly, uh, but also about why it's so important to take branding seriously Mm. and the direction and the sort of things that you should be thinking about when you are branding Mm. or coming up with a logo or a business name. Yeah, and that's quite exciting because we do get a lot of questions around this very topic. Should I be branding myself? Where do I get my logo from? Can I get a logo from Fiverr? And, you know, between Paul and I, yeah, I can see you shaking. I can see Ellen digging a big hole and planting dynamite there just at the name of that. But... You know, Paul and I are really ill-equipped as a, you know, you've got a lot of experience in marketing, but when it comes to the branding side of things, we're all pretty ill-equipped on how best to advise anybody on this topic. So I think we've all agreed just to grab the questions and we're going to throw Alan in the deep end at the end of the show once we've all gotten to know, like and trust him. Um, And we're going to get him, I think, just to answer those questions so that our listeners get a real expert answer on questions that I suppose we probably aren't absolutely uh, shouldn't be giving any answers yep sound good sounds fantastic beautiful so you're listening to the power up show with Mia and Paul with a special guest today Tiz it's seven minutes past 12 when we come back we're going to meet Alan Sherry our special guest today and we are going to get started all about branding and you're back with Mia and Tiz on the Power Up Show with Alan Sherry. Uh, and we've just got a message from Jane. Thanks for listening, Jane. And she has just destroyed any hope, Tiz, that Paul is freezing himself in the UK. Oh, really? By letting us know there's a heat wave there. So, Oops. <laughs> in this instance, feel free to lie and make us feel better for working today. Maybe while he's getting sunburned. <laughs> We can only hope. Aren't we nice? Oh, we are. I mean, who wouldn't want to be with us, right? Just, we're really good people. <laughs> anyway, moving along, we've got, as we've mentioned before, a special guest in the studio with us today, Alan Sherry, a branding strategist, specialist, guru, you name the word, we will put it in there. Wizard? I've been watching Harry Potter this weekend. Can we call him a wizard? Mm. Wizard good. Tis, do you want to tell us a little bit about Alan? I can tell you a little bit about Alan. I've actually known Alan for a little while now. He is originally from the UK where people are burning at the moment because there's a heat wave. I think that's a lie. (laughs) Well, he originally started uh, Sherry Design over in the UK in 1996, but then decided to come to sunny Sydney. Who wouldn't, right? 2011. uh, And started a a branch out here, Sherry Design, uh, 
he's got here principally because he was tired of being rained on. Interesting <laughs> um, you come to the right place because apparently if you're chosen Melbourne, you would have had a similar situation. Sydney's got a higher rainfall than London. Shh. I didn't do my research very well. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Well, there that you is go. just defamatory and <laughs> I believe quick. you'll be going out and being shot in the streets a bit later <laughs> for that <laughs> statement. <laughs> well, uh, Sherry Sydney is based in Surrey Hills and their specialty is branding and corporate communications. So they not only work for the large blue chip companies but also for startups because um, I think he just likes mixing it up a little mm. bit. Um, and they also believe in creative intelligence. Now, I don't know if those oh, two words could be word. in the same creative sentence sometimes. <laughs> but we try, right? We do. Yeah, that's what I we're remember, aiming for. Actually, I remember I was in high school and we needed to come up with, within our class, I think we were doing a history class and we were learning about government, and we had to come up with different titles for people in the class. And I'll never forget this one gentleman. His first name is Patrick. I feel like his surname was Young. And I'm sure he's in South Africa, so he's not listening to this. Um... Yeah, Patrick Young, and he was not a intellectual, so to speak. And not only was he not an intellectual, he wasn't very creative. And I remember us giving him the the Ministry of Creative Intelligence, but it was more that tongue in cheek, <laughs> tongue in cheek kind of way. So I remember hearing that many, many years ago, but definitely not in the way that is you're describing. No, but what I, creative I, intelligence I, I is can that. attest to the fact that the, there is a lot of creativity and there is intelligence. In Sherry Design Studio. Well, welcome, yes. Alan. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm sorry to hear about Patrick. Uh, yeah. <laughs> for all I know, he could be the Prime Minister of Uzbekistan. Who knows? He's probably in <laughs> therapy, I think. Yeah. Thanks to some people, Mia. Yeah. <laughs> I plead the fifth on this one, can I? Welcome, Alan. It's wonderful having you in the studio today. And as I mentioned um, before the break, we've had, we do get questions a lot of the time around branding, and it's something that I don't know the answer to because it is such a specialised uh, part of a business and such an important piece of the business because if you get your branding wrong uh, we're in a whole world of pain because you're backtracking for a long time before you get to the right message so we're excited to have you here but before we get you started we want to get rid of all those nerves we want to dispel the myth that you're Scottish because of the first pick of song (laughs) I'd just like to say for everyone listening that wasn't my choice (laughs) I'm being held here against my will. Yeah, right. So remember what I said about the branding? If you get branded the wrong way, you're backtracking. I think we're getting a good example of that now. So what we'd like to do, Alan, is we'd like to have a quiz in the studio just to get you nice and relaxed and ready for the show. Um, The presenters versus the guests... I have to say we do a pretty dismal show of this. Yeah, unfortunately, I've... Or fortunately or unfortunately, I've kept Paul's track record of oh, losing. No, it is not a great track record. I think we're now at 9-1. So I must just say, disappointed it is. I thought you were going to have it. Well, I nearly got it last week. We'll so, see what happens yeah, today. Yeah, today I thought we'd have a quiz on Queen. Are we ready? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Just, I'm I joking. just need an Uber. <laughs> Alan has made it clear he will leave the studio if we have a quiz on Queen. So we're going to have a couple of general knowledge questions. Your name is your buzzer. As soon as you know the answer... Just yell out. Are you ready, you two? Yes. Where am I? I'm a famous structure. I am one of the world's most visited tourist attractions. I was erected entirely by hand. I am a world heritage site. I am made of stone. I am in Asia. At 1,500 miles, I am the longest map. Yes. Great Wall of China. Yes. (laughs) What am I? I am an item of clothing. Women wear me. I was first seen in 1946. Sports Illustrated was a special issue featuring me. Um, Um, Yes. Bikini. Yes. I'm glad you know that one. (laughs) 
I'm not sure yeah. what we want to say about that, but we're going to gloss straight over. Okay. All right, this is a hard one. The synoptic chart is associated with which part of a television news bulletin? Five, four. Alum. Yes. Weather. Yes, correct. What was Quasimodo's occupation? Five. He was based Tease. in, yes. He was the hunchback of Notre Dame? No. Yes, he was the hunchback of Notre Dame, but what was his job? Uh, was he the doorman? Alan. Or the butler? Yes, Bell ringer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I gave you a chance but, as well, man. But I do like the idea that he was the doorman. <laughs> I'm going to have to go into that a little bit more. All right, Tiz, we have got two more questions to go. Alan, if you get the answer to this one, you are the winner. And Tiz, well, not so much. All right, who am I? I'm a businessman and entrepreneur. I'm a billionaire. I was born in New York in 1946. I followed my father, Fred, into real estate. I developed... Alan. Yes. Donald Trump. Oh, no. Is it? Yes. (laughs) Well, in fine form, the show is really proving that we are a force to be reckoned with. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, Alan. When we go now. (laughs) (laughs) When we come back, Alan, we're going to start with branding and should okay. we brand and let's just get an idea of our personal brand versus our business brand and I think that's so important for people to understand that I don't know if you agree with this but we need to be able to distinguish our personal brand from our business brand so we're going to head into a song that you did pick Alan I believe that London Calling is a very special song for somebody that you wanted to just give a quick shout out to before we got started yeah both Tiz and I wanted to dedicate that yep. to our friend Jacob who loves that song Big fan. More than wake me up before you go, go. Big big fan. (laughs) Yeah, not a wham fan. (laughs) Well, Jacob, they wanted wham, but I had to stop that. So you can thank me for that. (laughs) You're welcome. He's by a poolside now, anyway, so he'll be he'll be enjoying anything he listens to. I think. Yeah, especially the sound of his own voice. Uh Aha! Beautiful. (laughs) Well, let's get started. I want to just talk about the difference between personal branding and business branding because, in my estimation, a lot of people put a lot of time and effort into I suppose business branding most of them do it wrong let's be clear but they forget that they themselves have a personal brand so do you just want to give us that definition of personal branding yeah and I think this is something that people get confused about a lot actually and 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 for us you know sometimes we're working on both at the same time so if if for instance someone is a keynote speaker they're only ever going to be the keynote speaker. They're not going to have, um, you know, a cast of thousands working with them. It's only ever going to be them. Their personal brand actually is their business brand. So that can become quite tricky when we're trying to bring out what's inside that person and why they're a good keynote speaker, why it works, why people resonate with them, why they get an audience going. That's actually working with the brand that's the character of that person and really bringing it out. Um, the business brand in itself it separately can be com- can be completely different. That's all about what a business, the benefit a business is really bringing to its audience. What that's about. Businesses make the mistake of talking about what they do all the time, and not what they actually deliver. The promise, the thing that they deliver, better than their competitors, is the thing they need to be talking about. The big prize that audiences get from them at the end of the day. We all as consumers look at everything with the question what's in it for me in our heads and brands have to answer that really quickly it's interesting you say that just on that topic uh you know we we've been with our health insurance for more years than i'd like to admit and one of the things that our health insurance offices offers us is free dental check two free dental checks yeah and i've noticed recently 
that there's another healthcare out there that's saying we give you two free healthcare checks, uh, dental checks a year. And every time I see that, I think to myself, why would I go with you? Why are you telling me something that everybody else has been offering all the time? Because by giving me that message today, it says to me, you are actually behind the pack. Even yeah. if you've been having this process all the time, you're actually behind the pack. And is that something that you see too? We, we see that all the time because businesses often fail to do basic competitor analysis. And that's, that's a really important fact. How can you beat people you don't know? How can you beat businesses when you don't know what they're doing? You're all trying to attract to the same audiences. What are they doing that's working? What are they doing that's getting wrong? For us, it's about understanding three, three things. One is the product itself, but we're not going to call it the product. We'll call it the benefit, the, the promise, the big thing that you deliver, your business deliver. Often businesses don't know what that is. They think it's what they do. It's not what they do. It's something else. There's something intangible that you deliver in a way that this audience love. We need to know what that is. We also need to know what the competitors are doing, as I said. Really understand how they are targeting this business and this audience. And we also need to understand about the client base. So we, we spend a lot of time talking to existing clients and trying to understand what it is that they found so amazing about this business. Because once you can capture that, you can bottle it and you can start using that on other people. So let's take something like a um, – we always talk about plumbers, electricians and real estate agents on the show. I don't know why. So which one should we pick, Tiz? Put real estate. Spot. Real oh, estate. Real estate. Okay, let's real talk estate. real estate. So yes. we have a beautiful um, – we actually have a, a fantastic sponsor, Cherrybrook Real Estate. So let's talk about them. Well, just we'll give them the name Cherrybrook Real Estate, but let's just talk random things because I don't, I, I know of them. I don't know in detail who they are exactly. But a real estate agent, if I went to a real estate agent and they said to me, we are going to find you the perfect home that's got three bedrooms, whatever it is you're looking for. Is that kind of an expectation I would expect from all real estate agents? That's... That's probably your bar, bar of entry, isn't it? That's just the basic stuff. So how do you differentiate then what the bar of entry is versus what you spoke about? What is the benefit? Why do I work with you versus why? I would, what, was, what was Paul in my real estate? P&M real estate agent. Mm. So why would I work yeah. with, for example, Cherrybrook real estate versus oh, Paul and Mia's real estate agency? How do I find that differentiation? Yeah. So it'll be something beyond all of that. <clears throat> be something else. We're working with a... Uh, a, a buyer's agent at the moment and through talking to his clients and talking to you know people that have worked with him in the past and and looking at the competition the big thing about him is his incredible depth of knowledge about the industry the best will in the world and we've all been there there are quite a few real estate agents that you might have dealt with over the years that maybe you got the sense that perhaps you knew a bit more than them what we're doing with this guy is really amping that up, amplifying the fact of his his unbelievable core knowledge, married to the fact that he's got this incredible loyalty to his clients, incredible ability to stick with them through thick and thin. You can imagine people change their mind a lot mm -hmm. when you're with a buyer's agent, when you're trying to buy a house and you see lots of different options and you don't like this, don't like that. Actually, we want to move 10, 10 miles down the road. Well, lots of stuff comes up. He's completely unflappable in that. That's the core of what his brand's about, this unflappable reliability, trust in his incredible insight into the business. Within five minutes, you realise that this guy's 
kind of working on a different level to other people. So how do you distinguish, I mean, a lot of those traits that you've just mentioned are personal traits that you would associate with a personality, with a person. Yep. Uh, how do you distinguish then that personal brand of that person who is knowledgeable, trustworthy, loyal, and then move to the fact that it's a business, you know, X, Y, and Z buyer's agent? How do you then translate those personal attributes into a business and start creating yeah. the business brand? Well, interestingly, with this with this person, he is starting the business. He's coming out of um, a well-known um, agency and starting on his own. And so what we're actually doing with this guy is we're building a business brand in the image of this person. Everything he wants the business to be is everything that he does on a daily basis. So what we've got to do is pull those things out distill them, turn them into something that's tangible and easy for an audience to access rather than something that's a bit oblique and I'm not quite sure I think these guys won't be okay. We've got to get that out there. We have very little time to convince an audience, certainly in terms of online, in terms of a website or a landing page. You've got not much time to convince that audience that you're the right person or right company mm. for, for you to be working with. So we've got to really amplify those things and bring them out and then put it in this mixture of, of visual identity, of brand, of logo, of messaging. The messaging is really important. We've really got to talk to people in a way that tells them what's great about us so they can make a decision really quickly because that's what we all want to do. We don't want to mess around. We want to make a decision really, really quickly. Let me ask you this question. So you're talking, sorry, to just jump in any time because you know, I've had to well, train Paul difficult. to slap me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's why Paul has ping pong balls. And oh, okay, for, he throws them at you. There. Yeah, I, get I thought you were just sulking from the quiz. <laughs> yeah. oh, a bit of that. Um, you're talking about building up a, a brand from scratch in that instance, a new company having the, the luxury of building that brand up. What if it was an existing organisation? How do you then differentiate a brand from there? Do you go in and tear everything about, apart and start again? Or how does that process work, actually? Yeah. Before I even say, or what? I don't know what the or what is. Well, I guess my question was around that same thing. You were talking about making sure that everything that person is is spoken through their yep. website, their, their logo, their messaging, because you can actually you can see when when it's not actually done really well because this buyer's agent would have been all those things before, okay? Yeah. Or a company would have been all those things before, but they haven't actually expressed it well on no. their website no. with their copy, with their logo. And I guess that's where you come in and do you turn it all upside down if you're updating somebody? That That, yeah, that is the temptation and we see that happen a lot where everything gets thrown out but actually there must be something good because the, the business is still there. So something works. So actually what you have to do is take a bit of a measured approach to that, a strategic approach where nothing's off the table. We get people coming to us saying, I want to change our name, our business name. It's terrible. First thing we want to do. We then speak to some of the clients and they say, for God's sake, don't change their name. It's got real currency. People really know them. It's really well known. Be, be lunacy to get rid of that. You've got to stand back and take an objective view on this stuff, not go into it saying, you know, I want to change the name, I want to have a new name in our portfolio, I want to have a new look and feel. No, none of that actually matters. It's about what you're going to do for this company and how you're going to make that connect with that audience. So are you saying that if, if a brand comes to you and says, right, Alan, we, you know, we just want to throw it all out because it's tired, it's old, we're just over it, 
or the messaging is wrong, whatever the case is. Mm. The, the end result is we want to rebrand. You speaking to customers and identifying and understanding that brand as it stands, you start to put a currency to it already. You start to put a value to that brand and go, well, yes, either yes, you guys have stuffed it. It's time to move on and let's start again. Or actually your brand is stronger than you think it is and you're going to be a little bit stupid throwing it out with a baby. Absolutely. The one thing you can't do is set people backwards through this process um, by doing something like that, by, you know, hair trigger responses, instant answers, let's just change everything, here's 25 logos to choose from, let's go. That isn't the way to build a business, that isn't the way to build a narrative for a brand. Um, we have to take a step back, do our research, do our homework first of all. We only start designing things halfway through the process. The first half of that process is all about consultation, liaison, questioning, talking to audiences, looking at competition, really picking it all apart, finding out what's good about the business that you might want to keep. It might be that you want to keep the logo. It's not all, the branding isn't just about the logo, it's about every single facet of your communication with your audience. Uh, we've got to clear off some ads, Alan, but when we come back, let's just talk about that brand and that logo. I think it's a perfect opportunity to clear up a few uh, myths about logos, a few myths about brands, yep. understanding the difference between a logo and a brand, because I think sometimes we get confused when we look at the Nike logo, that's the swish, but the swish is not the brand, or maybe yep. it is the brand, I don't know. <laughs> probably something for the experts to ask, right? I what do you think? we're going to be a bit educated today. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, that's why we've got no, the experts no on pressure. We <laughs> <laughs> listening to the Power Up Show with Mira and Paul, uh, with our special co-hosts today, Tiz, and our wonderful guest Alan Sherry. The time is currently twelve thirty-three. We're going to clear off some ads and come back after the break. When we left off, Alan, we were talking about. I was asking the question about brand versus logo, and Tiz, in the break, we were just talking about creating that narrative and. You wanted to have a discussion about creating the story to get to the brand? Yeah, what I've found is a lot of people, they talk about their logo or having to create a logo. They talk about a logo. And it's almost like a, I think people have a confusion that they think a logo is the brand, when to me a logo is just the design of an image. Your brand is actually the story that, that you tell about what you do and how you do it. Um, I would expect these are the sort of things that you see with a lot of people. Like people will throw it out to a designer or somewhere on the internet to do a logo and they'll get three versions of a logo, in inverted commas, oh, yeah. <laughs> which they don't like. And there's a reason why they won't like any of the versions because that Fiverr person or that designer has just given them what they think they should, what they like as a design, but they haven't actually done all the work behind it. Yes, and I, and I think there's there's some sort of basic questioning that needs to go on when you're thinking to yourself. Sorry, sorry, I need. I just want to, sorry, Alan, I'm interrupting you. So I just want to change, just just jump a few steps backwards. Um, so Tiz was talking about we're going to go on a narrative. So we're we building the brand first. Is that what we're doing first? And then the end result is well, we'll get a logo that I, that that accumulates or is yep. the end of our story. Yeah. Is that how it works? Okay. Beautiful. So part of it, so you're building a brand. You you develop a brand strategy. And you ultimately, a part of that is a logo or an identity. The, the mistake that people make is just thinking, I just need a new logo. And there needs to be a questioning, internal questioning, process. what's that going to do for us? If we're just going to have a new logo, different badge, and everything else is going to stay the same, 
what advantage is that giving us over our competition? What's the reason for us doing that? Is that going to make it easier to communicate with our audiences? Is that going to make it easier for us to tell them why we're really good? Probably not. You're just going to get a slightly better looking logo. Hopefully, you're going to get a slightly better looking logo. Whereas actually, if you take that backward step, build the narrative, build the strategy, from that comes the narrative. We find so much useful stuff when we're going through this process with companies that they didn't know about themselves, that they didn't know about their audiences, that they didn't understand ultimately. And we can turn that into messaging and a narrative that is really going to connect with that audience. Just buying a logo off the shelf, that's fine. You can do that if if you really feel the need. But I would always just question why you're doing it. What's that giving you? To get a business off the ground, I need something. I've got investors looking at me. Yeah, that's fine. I can understand why you would do that in a rush. But it's really risky doing that. And we're going to talk about risk, I think, in a little Mm. little bit later on. It's really risky doing that. The brand has to be the – it's about the full experience. The full experience customers get when they – when they engage with your business. It's interesting because you said you you take this three-step approach and the third one is you go back to the customer base and you say to the customer base, what makes dealing with this business so amazing for you? What is it that brings it back to you? And it's such a unique step because I suppose it's something we don't think about because we... I don't know, Tiz, we, we potentially go in thinking this is this is actually what our customer wants from us and we have this preconceived idea and notion of what service we're going to provide and we then go ahead and we just do it, right? But it's like for you, Tiz, you're very personable, you very much get amongst everyone and you don't just allow something to happen, you're part of the team. And maybe you don't see that as an advantage. Well, to be honest, I I didn't necessarily understand that until I went through this process. It was something that came out of speaking to my customers and understanding how I do business. But it's interesting what you say, we get wrapped up in doing what we do. Mm. We think we know what our customers want. For the most part, we kind of generally do. Because we know what the end result is, yeah, right? But we, we know don't... what the end result is and we do what we have to do to get there. But maybe not understand that it's who we are as individuals, it's the tactics that we take, it's that mm. personable, if that's what we do, that approach that we take is what stands us out amongst everybody else, so to well, speak. Well, so, I, I love the story that Alan tells when you did this exercise on yourself. Do you want to share that? Yeah, thanks for that, Tess. <laughs> um, oh, it's a really good exercise. A really good it, point, it, is, it is useful in yeah. that, you know, we... we we, well, of course it's useful. We um, we found out that actually our clients rate our reliability over our creativity, which I was momentarily distraught about um, because being I thought a being a, in the creative yeah. industry, we <laughs> should be really, that should be number one. But it wasn't. They, they, they rated our reliability more. So I went back and spoke to a couple of them and, and kind of, you know, questioned, you know, why they'd said that. And they said that they took our creativity for granted. They knew it was of a high level, but the thing they really liked about us, which made us stand out from the other people they'd used, was the fact that we were consistently delivering. So that took you back straight back to the number one point that you said, your product and service, what stands you out from everybody else. So you were almost making the number one fundamental mistake and saying, well, we're a creative agency, we're excellent at being creative, and your customers are going, well, actually, we expect that. The very least we expect from you is to be creative, but the reliability of what you do, that surprised us. Absolutely. And like you said, we, we deliver what we deliver, 
but actually there was there's a way we deliver that that's something that's worth its weight in gold for our client our client base um other people can do the creative they do rate our creative i'm not getting sensitive and touchy about that they do rate that <laughs> but they also they you know the fact that we consistently we're constantly there they really trust us they consider us to be their strategic partners that's really important and that means we're hopefully going to be around a bit longer it's quite them. a confronting conversation to have, though, when you're, I mean, Tiz, you went through this, but to say to Tiz, look, Tiz, I'm going to be phoning every, you know, a handful of your current customers, and I want the dirty on you. I need to know exactly what makes you tick. I want to know why they would work with you, why they wouldn't work with you, yeah. what are the things they didn't like about you. That was a bit confronting. It was, but um, it was also very validating as well and because you got to hear things that you actually didn't expect from a good sense. So when you get that information, so you've taken three or four of my customers and you've spoken to them and they've given you, I assume, a list of the good, the bad and the ugly. We've already spoken a little bit about that. How do you then put that together and say, look, this is actually what your customers like about you, this is what they don't like about you. How do you broach that subject? Because I think I might just be a little bit sensitive if you said, hey, Mia, you've just, you're bloody useless at returning phone calls and (laughs) whatever the case is. But how do you have that conversation that accumulates into the brand? Yeah. The, the, the thing about that is the conversation at the beginning with the client, as it was with Tiz, which where we have to be open and honest about this. Some people don't want us to talk to clients, and that always sends triggers an alarm bell with me because there should be a re- – you should want to do so that. So the logo is a big, like, um, mm. flames going up with the building behind it. Exactly, it? <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, you know, when, when, when we talk to, to, the, to these – we don't edit what they say. We do, we do lead the questioning clearly. Um, but when what we're asking them, we, 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 it is a little bit confrontational because actually one of the things we're going to ask them is what could they do any better? What are they missing currently in their offer that you would like? We get great stuff out of this. We find that people haven't done competitive quoting with their with with. These, these the client sometimes we find that they should turn up and be more visible sometimes we had someone recently say we really like this guy he needs to come to our office more we'd give him more work if he turned up more and just dropped in and said hello casually and that's such a small little thing isn't it that small yeah. little thing could be the difference between a hundred thousand dollar business and a million dollar business absolutely and all it was was asking a question yeah and yeah. we also ask for a range we ask for a range of clients yes it's great to talk to the the successful ones that's fine um, we can still burrow into that and find some juicy stuff. But we also want to speak to a couple of people who are a bit meh about it, a bit like, yeah, so what? Yeah, find out why. Find out why you felt it was an average experience, why it didn't light your fire, what they missed out. That is actually sometimes more useful than speaking to a tame client who loves you. Can I ask, I mean, I would think some of the meh clients, as you call them, that would almost be exactly what you found. Yeah, well, I mean, they're good at creativity. What more do you want me to do? That's what I expected them to do didn't blow my mind is that what you find when you speak to those customers that you aren't actually capitalizing on the real thing that you're good at you just marketing yourself as joe average and joe average just doesn't succeed in the market today no joe average definitely doesn't work but you but you can still find stuff you can still find stuff there everybody's different of course we get some interviews where clients just want to tell you they're great and they think that's enough we probe they don't want to give us too much we just back off that's fine we're not going to offend anybody but even the good clients when you start a conversation you can get so much juicy stuff you've just got to keep going it down you've got to record it and make sure you can you can use it things that you find about you know for instance with someone like tiz tiz is a great brainstormer and believe it or not that's not something that a lot of marketing companies like doing they want to come in have a quick meeting with you for half an hour and then give you a marketing plan that they've got sitting on the back seat of the car 
ready ready made for you. They don't want to sit down and and, and work it out with you in front of you or see you having to you see you as a client watch them go through their process. So it sounds like you you do do the storybook way of going through things. You know, once upon a time there was this company and you you know we had the the big scary beast protecting the doors and this is how we broke through and it almost sounds like there's this real story going through and that's how you're starting to build an idea from a completely neutral point of view I suppose of how you then starting to build up what you would identify as what the brand stands for because it's coming from what people are saying this is what we like about dealing with you and this is how you should be working all the time and this is the absolute least that we expect from you yeah but the, the, the trick with all of that, once you're finding out all that information, is how do you deliver that information? How do you translate that information in the form of what they're looking at, for instance, on your website, what they're reading, you know, your collateral, your yeah. your end result in terms of a logo? Yeah, that, that part of the process, having After. all of that information, having that strategy is great. That gives you the solid base to build a proper brand. Without all of that... Everything is guesswork. And that's when you go, oh, that's when you're back out with the internet. That's where you're back out randomly asking people who may or may not be designers to take control of the direction of your the visual communication of your business. That's that's when, without all of that stuff, the competitors, the 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 clients, without really consulting with the, your, my, our client to find out what it is they do that, they, that is actually really good about the business, that is different to everybody else. Without that, everything else is just a toss of a coin. And the other key with that was also w- what you don't want to be. Mm. I think it's really Look, important to understand what you don't want. We're going to have a quick break. It is 10 to 1 now, so we'll have a quick break. But uh, when we come back, I just quickly want to very briefly touch on some of the reasons for branding before we get more into the nitty-gritty of branding. I'd like to know just some reasons of why we should be branding and how we should be branding. So we'll go to Albo, Weather to Fly, and when we come back, we will talk a little bit about why we should brand ourselves. I want to just talk to you very briefly before we go to news, Alan, about some of the reasons for branding. Branding yourself for the sake of branding yourself is probably not the best reason to do it. Mm. So why would a either a small business or a bigger business even think about branding themselves going through a proper branding process versus going to, I'm going to say the dreaded word, Fiverr, and just grabbing a logo and going, yep, done, look at me, how awesome am I? Well, generally, they've got a, a business issue. Um a business challenge that they need to overcome. So there'll there'll be a problem somewhere. We we only really work with people who've got an issue. They've they're they're lacking connection with a specific kind of audience. They've got a new part of their business that they want to show people, um, and that's the t- that's the time to do it. That that's the reason for do it. Businesses lose their way a little bit. It's really hard for a business owner to define where the business is going without some outside input. It's impossible to define yourself in many ways. Is that because you just get so caught up in the day-to-day? And Definitely. something that Tiz and I were saying is that we just, we, we think we know what you want and we give you the result that you've asked us for, yep. but we just get confused in the in-between bits of how this all happens and gets put together because it's so automatic. But, and there's also the, um, the startup scenario. Um, I was talking to someone only a few weeks ago and he was explaining to me this business and he'd spent all 
couple of years trying to get it sorted and he's got investors and, it, and he was ex- trying to explain to me what this business does. And I, from a marketing point of view, I'm going, man, you really need to get your messaging right. And my first thing was you need to get your branding and your messaging right before you even start because you are going to confuse anyone and everybody when you launch. Do you work on that messaging? So, I mean, you've yep. got the reasons for branding. We're just trying to... Cl- is, is part of the yep. reason for ba- branding clearing up that message? Absolutely. A big part of it is is to get the message right. You know, we see... We work with some venture capital people who push people our way who have come to see them looking for investment. They've got a great product, a great idea, fantastic idea, but it's taking them 45 minutes to explain it to everybody. They send them to us... We can then distill all of that. We can then, boil. We're, we're the abbreviators, if you like. We oh, we basically. Sounds like a Bond movie, doesn't it? James Bond <laughs> and the abbreviators. <laughs> yeah. Maybe an Arnold Schwarzenegger one too. <laughs> yeah. Actually, yes. Arnold Schwarzenegger, Bruce Willis, Alan Cherry in yeah. <laughs> the abbreviators. That's it. Lots of bald men together. Um, so we just, yeah, you know, it's getting that that narrative getting that right so it's really easy for people to get it and understand it that's the thing we abbreviate every we're abbreviating everything down into a creative approach that an audience can get and that isn't just about the logo that's about as you say Mia it's about the messaging it's about the look and feel it's about everything that that customer experiences that makes them make the decision to say yes I'm going to press the button I'm going to inquire I'm going to go with you guys You're, you seem to be the people for me all right, so quick on the spot, uh, little game. Great. <laughs> we love these. Um, three reasons why I should look at branding, or let's should we do rebranding or branding? What would be more? What do you think, Tis? Three reasons why someone should look at branding themselves if they have gone to Viva and Fiverr, whatever, whatever those companies are called, and got themselves a little design of the internet. Three reasons why they need to go back and redo the whole process. Uh, stand out. Is, is the big one. Everyone's um, sector is getting more crowded by the day. So you really have... <coughs> excuse me. You really have to make sure that you're going to stand out amongst your, your competitors. Um, giving the audience is something to remember you by. That's really important. Being memorable. We, as consumers, are bombarded by stuff every minute of every day. What do we remember? We just remember the stuff that stands out for us. And the last reason is longevity, is you do this right, you do it properly, and you don't have to do it again for a long, long time. You're not constantly reinventing yourself whenever anybody stops you in a lift and says, so what is it you actually do then? You've got all that messaging there to hand when you need to send out a newsletter, when you need to do a leaflet, when you need to do any kind of promotional activity for your business, a banner stamp, whatever. You've got all the kit of parts together you know what you're going to say you know what you're going to talk about you can come onto a radio station and talk about your business because you know it off by heart you're not constantly spending time lots and lots of time worrying about that and trying to reinvent yourself every time you need to speak to someone new beautiful when we come back ella now that we've got the definitions of brand versus logo we've got the definition of personal branding versus business branding understanding the narrative of how to build that brand ending in the logo getting our messaging right i would like to have that discussion because i think we have been maybe bagging our father a little bit um but i'd like to talk about how do we engage a designer finding a good one what are we looking for so let's just go through the news quickly and when we come back we will have that discussion in more detail Alan, I made the 
I suppose, incorrect statements and comments, should I say, um, where I said, let's understand uh, how we take on a designer, finding a good designer and getting them to help us with what we're doing. And Tiz, you got a little bit passionate there. Going, no, 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 just stop. Well, this is where I don't think a lot of people understand the difference between engaging a graphic designer or someone like Alan, and there are others that do what Alan do as well, mm. but someone like Alan for branding, they think that a graphic designer who would be a probably an amazing designer will be able to just come up with this brand for them when in fact a graphic designer will be people that are employed by an agency like Alan's. When Alan's done all the work that he's just talked about, then he would brief the designers. So is that the Yeah, sort of and thing? I mean, with all due respect, Alan, how do I find a, a designer that, or not a designer, but an agency that I'm going to like? Because there's certain brands out there that I look at and that I admire and I go, wow, what did you do? I mean, how's the process of finding the right person? Because in today's day and age, there's what, 20,000 people who claim to be either designers or agencies or what have you. How am I going to now differentiate the noise from somebody who I'm going to work with and who's going to give me what I'm looking for? Yeah, and that's a really important thing to get right. You're going to be working with this person for between four to six months. So there needs to be some chemistry there. You need to be able to get, they need to get you and understand you. The best place to start to look, I think, is your peers, is people you know who run a business, whose brand you admire, whose look and feel, their messaging's right. They've done something. They've been through the process. Go and talk to them about who they use. That'd be my first port of call if I, if I were looking. But even then, you've got to meet with the company you've got to meet with the person meet with the people you're going to be working with all the way through the process because that may not be the people you meet first off the bat you may they may just be you know the, the account director or you know it might be someone that you're never going to see again you want to know who you're going to be working with all through the way through the process and you need to ask them about their process that's the thing you know look at the results of what they've done clearly look at their portfolio and designers are very good at showing, I'll let just, you know, you want to see my portfolio? There it is. And they'll flip it out and you can go through it. But really, you want to talk about the process they go through. You want to understand, do they look at audience? Do they look at the competitors? Do they take time to really get to know me and what I'm about and what my business is, is going to be and really help define that? If so they're not going to do that, you're probably just going to end up in this, back in the same situation. You know, we had a, a woman recently... You know, a great business. She'd gone through three different companies. The last round of logos she was given were 45 logos oh. in one batch for her to choose from. And that's the kind of area you end up in, which is, is so random. It's so soaring the barrels off the shotgun. You're not going to get anywhere with that. There's, there was nothing else. So I looked at the work. There was nothing else built around that. Yet this woman had a great business and a really distinct way about her that, and, and the way she went about the business that was actually relatively straightforward to build a brand off. They just hadn't bothered to talk to her properly and find out what she was about and, and went the wrong way. So Tiz touched a little bit on the difference between the designer and a strategist, a brand strategist. Even talking to people, I mean, there are organisations out there who just came across a really good designer who really understood the message in the field and came up with a great design that instantly we looked at it and we went, yeah, well, we, not me, but a company could have looked at it and gone, wow, that's exactly what we've been encompassing because, you know what, we actually described it to you exactly right. So when I'm talking to someone 
when I'm looking at rebranding, what are some of those questions that I should be asking to determine, am I talking to an actual designer here or is this a brand strategist? Yeah, by talking about brand strategy, simple as that. Start the conversation that way. How will you develop my brand strategy? What, what will you do to get to that point where we've got a strategy? If they look at you blankly, possibly time to move on and find someone else. Without any of that, you're building on sand. You really are. You're, it's a get. It's guesswork. And designers are great. There's some amazingly talented designers. Oh, of course. You know, we look at some of the brands out there. I mean, some of the logos. I must now not confuse brand and logo here. But yeah. if you look at some of the logos out there, they are phenomenal. So yeah. of course there must be some world class designers out there. But, but I don't, you know, my son designed himself a tiny little logo the other day, and you know, proud mummy moment, going, "Wow, that's great." Would I put him in charge of designing a brand for someone? Yeah. No, the kid's ten. Um, but that's, I suppose, where the world is. We have these creative people, but they're creative in terms of visual. It's the strategy behind them. But you need, you need well. more. You need more than that. If you're, if you're running a business, you need more, as we said earlier on, more than just a logo. You actually need to have some depth and breadth to this for your communications output. You need to have your messaging. You need to have your position, your personality of your business. What is this business? This business was a human being. What kind of person would it be? We go through all those exercises because that way we make it tangible. We make it so that people who don't know you can know you. That's what we're, we're trying to do. We're trying to do that shorthand back to the abbreviators again. We're trying to make it so that someone gets your business card, looks at your website, looks at a piece of promotional material. They get what you're going to be about. That's the start of the process. We can't help it with word of mouth. That's for them to fashion. That's for them to cultivate. What we can help with is turning that word of mouth into something that when someone sees it, they kind of get a feel for what the business is about. Just as an example to that, the lady you were just referring to that had 45 logos or versions thrown at her. I would like to know whether those logos were given to her right up front in the sense that when I was going through this process, I did not see one ounce of des actual design logo until about three months down the track yeah. where all the research was being done and all the information was being co collected and collated. Yep. I, I kind of would imagine that this woman had hired these people and then they probably just threw them these logos within the first month without actually doing But it was the third run of logos, actually. And they were all done about a week apart. So they were all being collected from probably from stock library stuff. I recognised a few of them from stock libraries and, and, and just being put together in a very arbitrary way, hoping that she was just going to fall in love with one of them. That isn't the way to do this. It's not about falling in love. Sometimes the hardest conversation we have with a business owner is that about the colour of the logo. They may have a particular hatred for the colour orange, but through competitor research, we've realised that orange is the colour that, that, that is going to give us a bit of standout. So that can be sometimes a, a slightly difficult... We're actually designing... We and the client are working together to create something for someone who isn't in the room. Alan, we're going to go to a break now, but when we come back, what I'd like to do is, again, put you on the spot. We, we're terrible at doing that, aren't we, Tiz? But what I want to Another do quiz, is, really, is it? No, I think yeah, we're really yeah, good at it. It's actually. Queen, actually. We're going to give you... Quiz, actually, Queen actually, quiz. It's Elton John quiz. Great. Followed up Excellent. by the Beatles. Um, Thank you for all no, that. What I'd like you to do is, for the small business owners who are listening to this, and we have a number that listen to us, I'd like to go through what kind of questions they should be asking you 
what kind of questions you would be asking them. In other words, what is that train of thought that they should yep. be going down when they're looking at building up that brand, that credible brand, let's say credible brand, mm. um, and, and putting together a strategy. So when we come back, we'll look at doing that. Yep. You're listening to Mia and Paul on the Power Up Show on a live 90.5 with our special co-host, the gorgeous Tiz. It's currently 13 minutes past one and our guest in the studio is Alan Sherry. Alan, before we went on the break, we uh, set you a challenge. We wanted you to talk through with us um, what business owners should be asking for and w- when they are talking about a brand and for you to clear up what you would be asking them so that their message and the conversation they have with you, they understand how that conversation goes. We will be live streaming this conversation on our Facebook page, Alive 90.5, for those of you listening. So do jump in now. And Alan, let's go. What are the kind of questions we're asking? So for a, for a, a client coming to us, some of the things they should be asking us, what are we going to deliver? Um, you know, like quantifying it, scoping out really carefully all the different pieces of the process and ultimately the deliverables at the end of that you know is it going to include my business cards is it going to include a a powerpoint template um so what what am i going to get ultimately for this um how long is this work going to last for me you know how long before i need to rebrand again that's always a really good question because ultimately if you do this process right you shouldn't really be talking about rebranding again for got 10 years down the track you can evolve and tweak and add but really you shouldn't be reinventing yourself unless something big and and difficult happens with the business or you you change direction um how are you going to connect with my audiences how are we going to make this work with these people who i'm trying to get hold of i'm really trying to connect with this bunch of people it's really important for the business going forward that we do that how are you going to go about doing it those are the kind of things i'd would expect would encourage someone looking to engage these kind of services to ask that's a very interesting point there too alan about how am i going to connect with my audience and the other question around that is well who is your audience so you're helping them to help to really clearly define that as well which i don't know that a lot of people think about that when they're going oh i need a logo Yes. Yeah. yeah, and sometimes the audience isn't who you think it is. Mm. And that's the thing. And again, it goes back to our research. We've got to find out who they are, how they tick. Who else are they getting into bed with? What other businesses are lighting their fire for them? We've got to understand how those people are communicating and how they're getting it wrong as well. And then we're building properly. So what would you say is the starting point? What would that fundamental question be when I walk through your door and say, right, here I am. We're starting again. Let's do it. What are some of the starting points from your side? Um, so for you asking me? Yeah, for an organisation saying, so let's say take a live 90.5 and we said, yep. Alan, we, we really want to look at rebranding. Um, you know, we, we want to change our audience, for example. What are some of the questions you would ask us? Some of the questions we would ask you typically would be a lot around around the audience, clearly, because we want to know that. What are the business drivers for doing this? There's got to be more to it than we just want to look better. We just want to have another a better looking logo. So what are the business drivers? What's the long-term aims and ambitions of the organisation? Where are you going? What do you want to end up as? Do people want to still be here? What do the owners want to do? Are they looking to rebrand? Some some owners are looking to rebrand because they want to get the business into a position where it can be easily absorbed by another business. So they can. it's part of an exit strategy. Good to know all of that. Without all of these different 
parts of the story, we can't build the brand narrative. We can't begin to build it without understanding where the business is it going. It almost seems like you, when you start building the narrative, you're starting with a very mechanical process. The reason, why are we doing this? What is the outcome? What is yep. the deliverable? So it's very mechanical. It's very clinical. Um, and it's as those answers start to come out, that's when that that story starts to come into it. That's when that personality, that's when that um, personal, I suppose, side, what, what's the word I'm looking for here? That, that more, I don't know, unique perspective comes in, but it yeah. needed that clinical style to start off with. Absolutely. We've got to start off away from any kind of design software and any kind of sketchbook. We've really got to understand the business itself before we can even begin this. Understand the business, the people behind it, the long-term aims and ambitions. That's our brief. That's our starting point. And then we develop the strategy based on that by going by doing that research. When we come back, Alan, I'd like to have you, you touched very briefly on startups who are recommended to you because their messages are all over the place and they're investors who want to work with them. But yep. without the message, they're not prepared to give them a cent. So they do get sent to you to have those conversations. So I'd like to go back to that talk yeah, about startups um, and how that process works and the importance of a startup and getting the branding right. Yes, yeah? I just want to say the word money penny before we go. Okay. <laughs> well, there was a reason why we played gold finger before the um, start of this session. Yeah, it uh, turns out that, uh, Alan, we have it under good authority. You sound exactly like the Scottish version of James Bond. <laughs> I'm leaving this show. 007. I'm resigning. 007. 007. You're listening to The Power Up Show with Mia and Paul uh, with our special co-host, Tiz, the gorgeous co-host. If you're on our Facebook page, you'll see Tiz waving at you beautifully and with our special guest. Paul, Alan. I want to come back next time. Stay stay in London. <laughs> Alan, we spoke about startups who take 45 minutes to do, I suppose, a pitch to uh, an investment company. And we all know, I mean, we don't even have the attention span of a goldfish of, what, three seconds, let alone 45 minutes, if somebody's asking me for money. So why would an investment company or a venture capitalist send startups to you to say, hey, get branded and then come back? Yep. This, this happens. This happens to us a lot. We have a couple of relationships with uh, some investors and a, 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 a venture capital company, um, and it's about making the product digestible to the end audiences. Those guys, those VCs, they get it. They understand what the business is about. They understand the potential of it, but they also know that the general public are not going to give that person forty-five minutes to an hour to explain it to them. You know all the great new brands that you see have an, an identity a brand and a messaging system that is a that is really simple point of entry for an audience the backside of it is actually pretty complicated the idea itself is kind of complex for most of them it's not but they're solving a problem mm. but the way the way they go about that is kind of complicated the, the general public don't need to know about that they need to know the problem it's solving for them how is this making my life better it's a bit interesting because let's talk about uber for example right yeah. can you imagine being the guy being pitched to you know so for example i'm uber and i'm pitching to you and not having that message right. You see, what I'm going to do, Alan, is I'm going to um, create like a system where there's going to be cars and you can phone and somebody's going to come pick you up and you won't have a taxi. And can you just imagine how messy that conversation would have been? But by the time it gets cleaned up by someone like you, we got a very clear, cohesive message to the point that 
you know, who wouldn't go Uber these days, right? Yes. So the general public get it. They get it instantly and they instantly understand the benefit of using an Uber over a taxi. And this is the thing about the great ideas. The great ideas are there. They are, that is a great idea in itself. But great ideas are fashioned through stuff that doesn't work. You know, if, if I've got to say, if Sydney taxis weren't so poor, you know, they, they, maybe Uber wouldn't be doing, doing quite so well, but it's there because taxis are overpriced, they're dirty, the taxi drivers don't know the way the right way, they can't take you to the opera house easily. They're, that, you know, lights the fire under a great idea. But that would be a really yeah. long story to begin with. You have to get it down to a sharpie point, sharp pointy end that you can throw at an audience. I mean, Uber's understand. just one of those... Uh, business changing world changing ideas that would have been really messy to start off another one i can think of is possibly netflix right yeah imagine having to try sell netflix and not having the right message from the get-go so so this is what you're dealing with when when someone goes to a venture capitalist you're getting this really <coughs> convoluted complicated story and it's your responsibility to package it up in a neat little blow blah blah, blah blah in a neat little bow yeah. That gives us the result that is Uber or Netflix or, you know, Airbnb because that's where it would have started, right? But can I also say, I mean, you've you've mentioned a couple of these big, you know, worldwide global brands. It doesn't have to be. I mean, you know, just your, your, your electrician that works in Sydney should be able to do the exact same thing mm. and sh- yep. should be able... and. To, to express that same sort of message. Yeah, but it, it's about getting that. If you don't get that bit right at the beginning, so many great ideas, so many great business businesses fail because they don't communicate properly with their audiences. They don't get off the they don't get off the runway, and we we see it all the time. We also see people coming to us with a flawed idea. And actually, part of our remit is to go through that and pick through it and say, actually, this isn't this isn't. We've done that a couple of times with people. We found a gap a hole in the idea that Ashley was going to, they were going to lose further down the track. So we can save people money that way by kind of pulling the, pulling the idea apart at the beginning. We have to pull the idea apart anyway. If we're going to brand it, we've got to understand it. But sometimes you can find a kind of fatal flaw in a business that ultimately you end up saying, look, did you, did you, know, did you know about this? Mm, that's interesting. So and they kind not of come- only is it that branding strategy that you're looking at, it's about building the branding strategy, you're starting to identify some of the business strategy holes that mm. could potentially uh, see the demise before they've even noticed it, once again being caught up in the middle of what you're doing that you don't realise, that you're missing something. Absolutely, and sometimes they can fix it. We spot stuff, oh yeah, okay, like we can fix that, that's fine. And other times, in a couple of instances I can think of, they couldn't fix it. Actually, it was terminal, the, 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 the business was never actually going to work because of these two kind of fatal flaws within the structure, within the idea, the, the idea at the beginning. Yeah, and I suppose if we go back to the big business and big organisations, because you're saying let's start with a small idea, get the branding right, and you can blow the message up to become, yep. you know, the Uber or the Netflix or what have you. I mean, let's think about the one example I can think of the top of my head is MySpace versus Facebook. Yeah. Very similar platforms, but the branding, I suppose, made all the difference, and the messaging is what killed MySpace because the Facebook message was so much clearer and simpler to understand than the, 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 than the MySpace message. And that's what your responsibility is, is that branding specialist and that branding strategist, is to make sure that you're taking somebody, putting them on the pedestal and clearing the noise of competitors underneath. Yes, and it has to be a good product. I think part of the reason, 
a big part of the reason for Facebook's success is the tech, is is how it's put together, how it functions, the intuitive nature of it, the accessibility of it. All of that stuff was going to kill MySpace. Mm-hmm. The branding helped that. What you can't do is turn a crappy business into a great business just through branding. Mm. That still has to happen. You still have to be a great business. When we scratch under the surface at the beginning of our process, if we don't find a great business, then there's not much point in us going much further because we're never going to turn – no amount of branding and, and, and great websites and great messaging. Has is, that actually is, ever happened? Yeah, once. <laughs> and not something he would say on radio either, right? Well, actually, it turned out that the, the, the thing was illegal. Oh. <laughs> so, oh, well, yeah. Don't you have to be careful with making those assumptions and those statements? Um, and I suppose that's where you come into that whole investigating and understanding the business processes. Because, for example, when Steve Jobs mentioned that he was going to take, um, looking at the iPod, he was going to put 100 tracks on a tiny little device I think the world went or or his probably shareholders went you're barking mad mister let's just park that for now and look where we are today so how do you then differentiate between the insane it's just never going to work versus wow this could potentially be game changing and we need to get that message across yes that that's that you've got to do that you've got to do your due diligence if, if you're going to go about it this way if you're not and you're just going to design a logo for someone then off you go that's fine you know what a good luck to you um we have to ask those questions sometimes people walk through the door and it's very obvious the the, the business that was illegal it was fairly obviously illegal <laughs> from the moment they sat down and started showing us what they wanted to do um probably best that we don't go into that mm-hmm. right now um but other times you know, you can get you can get through uh, a fair part of that first part of, de- of developing the strategy before you you really understand the business and therefore can really objectively give a viewpoint on it. And a couple of times that viewpoint has been something that they hadn't thought of, and was 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 a terminal problem. There are great ideas everywhere. There are people trying to invent things. There are people trying to come up with new apps. There are people trying to come up with new Ubers, a better version of that. There are people trying to create you know, solutions, develop solutions for problems that the consumers have. That's what great great businesses are about. Um, but lots of them fail because they fail to connect with that audience. And if you fail to connect with the audience, it doesn't matter. You can put stuff on social media. You can pay digital marketers thousands and thousands of dollars to drive traffic to your product. But if you can't then connect with that audience when they get there, you're wasting your money. It just shows you the strength of branding, doesn't it? If you get it right, because if you can take an unknown like Uber and turn it into the multinational that it is today with the correct branding strategy, the correct messaging, imagine, as you said, what local plumber or the local electrician or real estate agent can do with their business and take their business absolutely to the next level. Yeah. That was really key to what you just said about sending as much traffic to your website and that's what I think a lot of small business do or get trapped into, spending countless amount of dollars, and we've both seen it, on traffic, on SEO, on lead generation. And then you look at their brand and their messaging and it's just yeah, completely it's not really we don't know why we got that. And then they wonder, they wonder why the social, that social activity doesn't work yeah. and they think that, 
you know, it's a waste mm. of time. And well, in fact, no, you're setting it up for failure. Well, conversion is the conversion yeah. is the currency yeah. at the moment. It's the yeah. it's the but everyone has to have conversion, yeah. but they're not doing the groundwork to give that conversion the best possible chance. When we come back, Alan, I'd like to talk with you a little bit about the good, the bad, and the ugly. Who's doing it well? Who's doing it? Meh. Okay. And who should just stop and change industry? How does that sound? Okay, scary, but well, it sounds like a lawsuit coming, actually. We will give them different names, if you like. Otherwise, we'll put a big side with your address on the website yep. and everyone yep. can hunt you down. Uh, you're listening to The Power Up Show with Mira and Paul with my special guest host today, Tiz, and our wonderful guest, Alan Sherry. It is currently 1.36, and after the break, we're going to talk the good, the bad, and the ugly. Alan, without getting yourself into too much trouble here, I'd like to have a discussion, as I said before the break, about the good, the bad and the ugly. Now, when you talk about these businesses, people are going to instantly identify with them anyway because it's publicly known. When you've got a good brand, I think people associate it with it, associate with it straight away. And when you stuff it, it's so widely publicised that you've made a mistake that, you know being in this new market, this new social media market, there's no way people don't know who you're talking about. Yes, absolutely. So let's start. And I'd like to, the good, I'd like for the good to be Australian brands and I'd like the bad and the ugly to be a bit offshore, if that's okay with you. Okay. I think I think <laughs> I can, think can do it. <laughs> I think I can do that. I, I guess one of the, and this is, this is actually well chronicled, um, Gap, the clothing company, mm-hmm. um, made a, a big mistake a few years ago in changing their identity. Um, so Gap, from what I understand, is they because I, I noticed a new logo which was like a little blue block thing yeah. that was just unidentifiable. I had to squint a little bit. That could have been old age too, trying to understand what was in there. Is this the Gap we're talking about? Yes. Yeah, so it's Gap. Yeah, the, the the retail outlets. They had an internal meeting. Decided they were a bit tired of their world-renowned logo, world-recognised logo, they decided they were going to do something internal and create a new identity. The design of it wasn't particularly good, which is one aspect of it, but they failed to talk to all the stakeholders. They didn't do any any of the research, as I understand it, um, and they launched this brand to pretty much worldwide ridicule. Um, because it almost, if I recall the whole process correctly, I always assumed or or had the feeling, and this is what brand does for you, I always had this feeling that it was highly recognisable, um, it was high-value products, it, it was just if I was going to buy something, I was going to invest a little bit more into a Gap product. But then after the change, it almost became blah. It, it was, and it, it was an attempt, it was a very base attempt at modernisation. And actually, they were kind of doing okay anyway. They didn't need to change that really at all. They still have, they went back to that old logo, they've still got that old logo, and they're still doing fine. What they did was was create a bit of disquiet amongst their stakeholders who said, mm-hmm. why, well, A, why are you doing this? B, why didn't you talk to us about it? Everton Football Club in the UK, I'm obviously from the UK, so oh, this is why. Not Scottish? Not Scottish, <laughs> no. Um, the, you know, Everton Football Club, big football club in the Premier League, they decided to change their logo without consulting the fans. And in an industry like football, wow. like here, if you did it here, if, yeah. if Tizzy's team, uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, were now going to change their logo... The first port of call would be the customer base. Mm. Go to the customers and go, do you want to feed into this process? How about, you know, maybe you wouldn't ask them 
all for their opinion, but you would want some sort of, uh, you know, a a survey, some of the supporter groups to be involved in that process, even just so that you know that they've had, they think they've had a say in it. Mm. Everton decided they were going to change their logo. They changed it. The fans went berserk. They had to change it back again. They missed some. They missed a step within the logo. They missed some ingredients that the fans. Turns out the fans knew a bit more about the heritage and history of the football club than the people in the board. That's interesting. And apart from the dollars wasted, which is the obvious thing. Yeah. Uh, the other thing, the credibility and the integrity that you lose as a brand. While you're doing well, all this, Gap. Yeah. I mean, going back to the Gap example, when Gap made that change as a consumer, and I just want to be clear that I am not a big Gap shopper. It's not like I'm at Gap every single weekend, right? When I did want to go to Gap, it was because I wanted to get a high perception, high quality clothing for my husband or for my son, and I wanted it to last just that little bit longer, right? Yep. But when they went through that whole branding process, and I remember walking into the store after it, I went, eh. And I just turned around and walked straight out. Yeah. So it, would you call Gap the ugly or is that just the bad? That just made a little mistake. That's just bad. That's just bad. And it's not – you know, you can be a big company, a big organisation and still rebrand and do it right. Qantas have just rebranded. They've done it so well that no one's really noticed. I was going to say Qantas rebranded. <laughs> but what they've done is actually they've, they've streamlined um, – the identity, the graphics, they've changed the word mark, which is, is, is the way the word Qantas is written. It looks, when you compare it to previously, it looks so much better, but they went through a proper process, they engaged their stakeholders, and they haven't radically altered it. It's still very recognisable as a Qantas airline when you see it, but with the new livery, it's just got a slicker, more modern feel about it. You haven't put Cut, you know, rubbed anyone's nose out of joint. You haven't done any. You haven't, you know, upset any of your stakeholders. You've just modernised and kept the business moving forward. That's the way to do it properly. Keep everybody on side mm. and everyone on board. So, if you've got Gap as the bad, what would you say would be the ugly? <sighs> I'm putting you on the spot here. Right a now. little bit. And I've got to be careful because I see a lot of ugly brands when you, you know, when you do what I we mean, do, you're constantly yeah. looking at logos all the time. And, and I see a lot of well-known Australian businesses who I have to say need to, Get it wrong. Need, you need to brush up, brush up their acts a, a little bit. Do you have an American brand that you can tell us that maybe stuffed it? That's well, publicly well-known that they made a mistake. Isn't, isn't some of the obvious things where people don't pay attention to detail? Like we've seen... We've had a bit of a laugh. We've looked at some images and some logos and brands, even overseas or European, where even the images or the icons that they use could be quite suggestive because somebody's not really looked at them properly or yes. there's a missing letter somewhere or it's just... Well, there's a gov- there's a, um, a government department who may or may not be from where I'm originally from. Uh-huh. Scotland, yes. And they <laughs> they had an abbreviation for their... Um, the title of their department and um, it looked fine to all intents and purposes it was three or four letters together but someone somewhere turned that little logo 45 degrees and when you turn the logo 45 degrees it took on a whole different look and feel to the point where it actually looks like a little stick drawing of a little man holding his willy (laughs) Oh, no. That's what I was trying to explain. Oh, yes. It's actually interesting you say that because I can think of a company that I was working with and when they were trying to create email addresses, websites, etc., going through and understanding what the letter should be all together, yep. 
they put it all together they finally came up and again as you say you look at it and you go okay i'm just going to put these letters in because i know what it means and it was maybe six months down the track that someone read the email address back and said the company name and with all the abbreviations at the end was finishing it with carrot and i remember saying to the person no it's not carrot and they're going no but it is and they would repeat it to me and we got carrot at the end but all the money was invested by this point now there was no winding back now no, so for the no. next 10 years the company was so and so carrot and it had nothing to do with food items there was no link whatsoever with nothing to do with farmers nothing to do it was manufacturing <laughs> not dirty even easter nothing whatsoever so wow. yeah that's a you know that that was a big ugly mistake that again it was too late to to yeah. reverse that what would you say are some of the good ones that you've seen out there um, there's some really I mean startup land tech startup land in particular there's some really good brands out there some of the people we work for obviously have really good brands but um, one in particular I've come across recently because I bought the product is Koala um, That's mattress people mattress and mm. bedding people I just think they just get, kind of get it right the look and feel the language the packaging everything's Everything's on point. They've thought about it. They've got it right. Their process is really good. They explain it really well. They talk to you in a really familiar, friendly language. They've got a nice kind of social responsibility aspect as well with the sponsoring a koala thing. That's just getting the brand right. That's That just feels good. It's a good product anyway. And the way they talk about it, any kind of engagement you have with them, you're just left with a good feeling about it. I think they've... They've really got it right. There's some others as well. There's plenty of those. In that space, in that new and innovative space, there's some people doing some really good stuff with some really good brands and, and messaging. But those guys in particular, they're close to my heart because I bought the product recently. So, um, yeah, that's... Um, well, it worked I, for you, didn't it? Yeah. Yes, it did. Yeah. Alan, um, we're going to go to a quick break. Uh, when we get back, we've got Julian and from uh, the Pick and Mix show that are going to come in. Um, but we're just going to thank you. Ellen, I think you have created a conversation that needs to happen around branding and understanding the process of branding, that it's not just picking up the phone and saying to somebody on the other side, hey, I need a brand, I need a logo, sorry, and the logo needs to reflect X, Y, and Z. There's a mm. deeper, bigger discussion that needs to happen. And it's one that needs to be entered into with a lot of insight and thought and not something that just gets taken lightly. Yeah, just ask the questions. That's the thing. As soon as you, you, you think you're going to do it, ask lots. You can't ask enough questions. What do you imagine is the cost of getting this process wrong versus the cost of getting it right? Um, oh, it's such a gamble in, in, in going down that route of not doing your homework and not getting it right in the first place. It, it, it can. We see people do it and spend money on it and then come back to us and say, actually, we didn't get it right. Can we can we do it again? We've had, we've had that in not too distant past, actually. Um, it can be really damaging. You can really damage your reputation with your audience by getting this wrong. You can do on a smaller scale, you can do what Gap did and have everybody think, you know, you've lost your marbles and you're not quite with it <laughs> and you're not communicating properly. And so, you know, it can be, it can be really damaging to a business. Don't take risks with it. You know, be careful, get the right people, make sure you ask the right questions and get the right people. Alan, thank you so much for, for coming on the show. We've really enjoyed having you. Thank you for with having us. me. It's, I just don't feel like the conversation's finished, Tiz. No, I'll, feel I'll, like, I would like to say some more, but anyway. Yeah, I think I, feel <laughs> I need like to come back. 
Need yeah, you need quiz. to come back, and I think Alan needs to come back. Um, Alan, thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. My mind's thinking I'm looking at my brand, which I never did, <laughs> and realising that I've made a huge big mistake in not doing it. Um, and I, I feel that there's probably many business owners re-looking at their brand on their website, understanding their messages and realising that you know something needs to change.